Welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. I'm your host, Jessica Green, board-certified integrative nutrition health coach, detoxification specialist, and former sustainable building expert. This show is all about detoxing your body, mind, and environment so you can have the optimum vibrant health you want. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Today, I have a special guest. I have Bethany Baker, and Bethany is the executive director of a digital wellness nonprofit called AGAP that provides technology-free experiences for those who want to develop a healthier relationship with their mobile devices and rediscover the power of face-to-face interaction, group activities, and spiritual growth. And I am so excited to have you on here today, Bethany. Welcome. Thank you, Jessica, for having me. Now, you know, I haven't talked too much about digital wellness or digital mindfulness or digital detoxing on my podcast, so I've definitely talked about it a bit on Um, you know, my blog posts and in social media. It's such an important topic. And I think it's gotten a lot more attention lately. And I think that there's definitely a reason for that, that I think you'll be talking a little bit more about. Um, So I just, I just want to say, wow, I'm super excited about this topic. It's so important. Can you tell us uh, just how did AGAP get started? Because I think it's an important story to share just to set the tone for the rest of the interview. That's a great question. And people always ask me all the time, you know, well, what inspired you to start it? And I always rephrase it with, I, I simply executed the vision of the founder, Mary Grace Sexton. She started Natalie's Orchid Island Juice Company over 30 years ago. It's a squeeze fresh juice company based in Florida and um, is, is thriving right now. But along with having this business and this company, she realized that whenever phones started to come out, that people were constantly distracted by their phones and by social media, especially during the workday, so much so that their productivity decreased significantly to the point that Mary Grace noticed it and she wanted to do something about it. And then, so that was sort of the professional realm of that. And then also on the personal side, she realized that when you have your cell phone with you, you're constantly connected. And it just felt like there was never a safe boundaries between leaving work at work and then coming home to be with her family. And she became a grandmother three years ago. So she just realized that even more of a firsthand, I think, because your kids grow up and you sort of forget. And then when she it comes back, you remember that I want to be fully present with my grandbaby during this time. So something that she's always done for a while is she actually has a home phone and she has her cell phone forwarded to her home phone so that the second she walks in the door, I mean, this is a CEO of a $60 million, $80 million company, um, you know, just has it forwarded to her house phone because she says, if it's an emergency, they'll call. And so I think that's a great reawakening because I, you know, I have teenagers who are 
afraid to leave their phone for a weekend because they wonder, well, what happens if there's an emergency? And I'm like, you'll be fine. We were fine for years before we all had cell phones. So really, she just wanted a holistic approach because she said a lot of people are talking about it, but very few people are doing something about it. So that's when we started and we have... Uh, before COVID, had an experience once a month in different locations, predominantly throughout the Southeast, but we've been partnering with different private organizations, hosting them in Kansas City. We had one scheduled up in Maryland. So it's been really exciting. We've just been learning and growing and uh, adapting and changing every single time, listening to feedback and surveys because we want to continually make it applicable and, and a better experience. I love that. I love the vision of, you know, doing something about it, yeah. right? Because there is kind of, you know, there's been a lot of talk, there's writings about it. Um, you know, there's, I, I should have checked before the podcast, but I'm pretty certain I've seen some books about digital detoxing and digital mindfulness, but to actually create something that uh, allows people to do something about it. Um, is just so very different because it could be really difficult to, you know, read an article or read a book and be like, oh yeah, I should really be, I should, I should be more mindful about my technology use. But how many people actually take that information mm -hmm. and then try to uh, apply it, right? Yeah. It's like so many books out there, right? It's great reading. You get a lot of information. You might implement some of it, but to actually do a deep dive and follow all the recommendations to experience what the results would feel like is a completely different um, experience. Yes, it's so true. And that's a big part of why we do a gap is because it helps people kickstart their digital wellness journey. Because a lot of times, unless you have that accountability and you have that camaraderie, and then you also have healthy technology habits to implement when you go home, you won't do it. And so that's a little bit about what we talk about at AGAP is why we need it and then how to do it. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the, the why. Um, why do you think people are so drawn to their cell phones? You know, I go to the grocery store and a little less so right now, but you know, it's not uncommon to have, you know, your cell phone right in front of your face and you're kind of looking at it and scrolling through things and not really connecting with others mm -hmm. around you. And I know that's just one example, but you know, why do you think that is? Why do you think we're so drawn to our, our cell phones? That's a great question. And I think a lot of people beat themselves up because they read the books, they go to AGAP, they you know, see all the posts about how toxic overuse of technology and social media is, and then they still go back to it. And I even experienced this about a year or two ago when I was about to speak to a group of people about you know, healthy technology habits and I'm scrolling through Instagram. And it, it's because the programmers have made it so addictive because, and there's a great book that was actually the first book that I read when we got started with all this, but it's Irresistible by Adam Alter. And I have a list of um, books and resources I can share with you after that we can share with everyone um, that we give to people at, at the experiences. But that in that, great. yes, um, but in that book, he was a digital programmer um, for different apps and things like that. And he said, 
you know, the, the, these things are so addictive because the product being sold whenever anything is free is us. So that's, that's the thing is they want us on it more because the more time we're on it, the more money that they make. And so I think that was sort of a wake up call to me where it was freeing in a way where it's like, okay, Bethany, it's not your fault that you're not self-disciplined enough to stop, you know, this or that or whatever. And we beat ourselves up, but it's realizing that there's thousands of programmers whose sole goal is to keep us on these devices. Because like I said earlier, the longer that we're on it, the more money that they make. And that's their main goal. Um, so I think that was really freeing too. It's just bringing a sense of awareness. Yeah, she really hit on a really important key point, and that is, you know, so many things that we feel, you know, guilty about that we shouldn't do as much of, um, you know, there's a lot of blame. There's a lot of self-blame. But just to your point, um, you know, there are people being paid quite a bit of money who have a lot of expertise on how to keep the customer, get the customer, keep the customer, and uh, keep them wanting more. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like it's not, you know, don't, don't blame yourself for your technology addiction or uh, blame yourself for being, you know, addicted to soda or, you know, so addicted to, you know, anything, anything that you see on TV, the advertisements, all of that, everything has been so carefully designed to really grab us and pull us in. So I love that release, release the guilt, release Mm -hmm. the the shame um, that you might be feeling now, like, oh, I read that book, but I didn't, you know, follow through with it. It's because, you know, people have designed these to be very addictive. Yes. Yeah. 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 Catherine Price, she actually calls them the slot machine apps, social media and gaming. And because they've literally been programmed to match slot machines where the colors, the lights, especially in gaming, and even the length of time that it will go until you win, they know that it's because if you go too far, you'll quit before you win. So they know just how long to make it challenging enough that it's not too easy, but then also make it where you can overcome little victories. That way you keep, keep going. And I mean, you know, I just think of, especially gaming, it's just so addictive and it's because they sort of have this idea of community where, you know, especially when you're talking to other gamers, but the point is, is, is this adding value to your life in a way that is, you know, building yourself up and building others up? Or is it, is it, and it could be maybe, but, um, you know, for me, it, I just always felt like I would rather be intentional about, about investing in my future and our goals and, you know, physical relationships rather than, than that. You know, I think that this is so super, um, just so super important. And I'm going to um, share just a little bit. This kind of made me think of um, what I've been learning lately about uh, happiness. And, you know, there's been a lot of research done around um, the use of social media and corresponding happiness. And, you know, the data has come in pretty clearly that in general, 
um, you know, the more time you spend on social media, disconnecting from people around you, uh, and it, just the more unhappy you become, right? There's a number of reasons, of course, you know, there's a lot of it has to do with just comparing the comparison problem, right? Um, and, and then just feeling uh, judged or uh, judging others, you know, these are kind of negative emotions. And it also um, keeps people from being in really a present moment, right? Mm -hmm. And that also impacts happiness. When you leave the present moment, when your mind is kind of wandering somewhere else, wandering through, you know, social media, for instance, yeah, you start to, um, you start to lose some of that happiness, which is, uh, gosh, it's so important, such an important part of our life. You know, we should be happy in general, right? We should yeah. feel a lot of joy. And this could really pull from that when it's used um, in a way that isn't really intentional. Yes, definitely. And then that's the main part is, is, it, is, is it intentional? And that's what we always talk about is that social media can be life giving or life draining. And we say that there's a great quote by Christian Lewis Lang that he talks about how technology is a useful servant, but a dangerous master. So we don't say we're anti-technology, we're pro-healthy technology. And I think that's a resounding thing throughout people that come to our AGAP experiences is that they say that they go to their social media when they're tired or bored or lonely and go to it for rest or for community, but then end up leaving feeling like there's more of a void in that. And I mean, there's, there's so many studies that have been done to prove that the more time that we spend on social media, um, just the more anxiety and depression and even suicidal thoughts have aligned with it. It was really interesting. There was actually a guy over in, in New England, they did a study and he said, what is the one thing, this was for, I think middle schoolers or high schoolers, what is the one thing you wish your parents knew about you? And they said, I wish that my parents knew how addictive my phone is and that they would just take it from me. Because I think back to when I was a kid and I was the nerd who, you know, read under the sheets at night with my light on. And I couldn't imagine having a phone at my disposal. So I just think it's so important, especially for parents to take this seriously and, and really be the example, but then also set up those healthy boundaries in place so that they can help their families thrive and be healthy. Mm. Oh, I love that. And wow, you know, I, I love that through AGAP, you've really started to collect some of this information, some of this data, you know, what drives people to, um, you know, have this habit. And this could apply across any kind of bad habit, right? Or bad habit, habit that is maybe unhealthy, right? Unhealthy habits. Um, we're tired, we're bored, we're lonely, we're, you know, there's a lot of these kind of low uh, level, I'll call them vibrations, you know, thoughts, right? That um, can sometimes just be the trigger for an unhealthy behavior. Um, and you, well, you've already, you've started talking a little bit about, you know, the experience at AGAP, some of the feedback, the information that you're starting to collect from these retreat experiences. Um, can you go into a little bit more about how AGAP uh, 
what AGAP does to help recalibrate people's use of technology to create more mindfulness around it, just to give um, the audience a bit of a sense for what is the experience? Yes, no, thank you for asking that. Um, I think the biggest thing that we want to do is we want to empower people with the tools and resources to thrive. And that we do this first through awareness because a lot of times, like I said earlier at the beginning, people don't understand the negative effects of overuse of technology if they haven't seen the negative repercussions. And, and I actually did, we did a private AGAP with a whole freshman class of college students. And after my session, some of them were like, oh, I don't believe what she said. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard because I am bringing the stats and the facts and, the, you know, the cold hard facts. And it, but it's just part of their lifestyle. So it, it, they don't see it as negative. So a lot of times, especially with the younger generation, Gen Z, if they don't, if we don't help them understand how an overuse of it, it could be toxic, then why in the world would they take the time to put those healthy tech habits in place? Um, but yeah, do you want to add something to that? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I could, I could understand um, that challenge and that reaction, especially with this generation who that might be so, just so tied to their yeah. technology is sort of their life. It's so true. And, and a lot of times parents haven't really um, been the best example of that as well, because then they tell their teenager, get off the phone. And then they say, well, you're on the phone more than me. And so you know, <laughs> we have to make sure that we're setting the example. But I think, so AGAP is made of four core pillars, if you will, or things that make up an AGAP experience. The first one is engaging in community. And that's really important to us because unless people see the positive sides of disconnecting, they won't do it again because it's not just, oh, here's the negative. It's also, look at here's the positive. And a huge part of that is fostering authentic, uninterrupted community that we're able to do at an AGAP experience. And I just remember back to, I mean, this was three years ago, to our, our first or second AGAP experience where we had all Memorial Day weekend. So it was a Friday through a Monday. And there were complete strangers who didn't know each other when they came in and we were at a lake house. It was more of a family setting, about 25 people. And at the end, people were crying leaving because they had such an impact in, in just that short amount of time because it was intentional. It was intentional on fostering this community. And so that's the first one is engaging community. And then the second, mm -hmm is enhance creativity because a little bit about what we talked about earlier is why do people go to their phones? A lot of times they go to their phones because they're bored, you know, because we're constantly have to be entertained or have information or, and I'm guilty of it. I mean, I'm like podcasts all the time, you know, wherever I go, I need to be productive. Um, but boredom is so important. Kathy Koch, she's the author of Screens and Teens. She talks about how boredom is important because it helps foster our creativity and it allows us to have this deep thought process. And it, it's just so important for so many different reasons. Um, but so that we let people explore their creative sides and we have different creative elements like water coloring or wood burning coasters um, or sugar scrub or calligraphy or lava bead bracelet making just to get people to sort of be able to do something with their hands. 
in a while that they haven't done. And then the third is explore creation. So that depends on the location. Like I said, we don't typically repeat a location for a whole year. So it's, we try to make a unique experience every time with different locations and different guest speakers. And so with that being said, depending on the location, it may be paddle boarding on the lake or it may be zip lines or high ropes course or hiking, like the one we were supposed to have for Memorial Day weekend. It was at a lodge at North, it was near the App, App, Appalachian Trail, sorry, I'm butchering that. Um, <laughs> but it's in Amicalola Falls State Park. And it's so beautiful because you hike five miles to this lodge and it's just this off-grid lodge, you know, where they do the cooking and they have the towels and the bedding for you so you don't have to lug that all the way up. And, you know, everybody just loves that because they're just out in nature and can just you know, reconnect with nature is so important. I mean, kids nowadays, one study that I just read recently said that they spend a tenth of the time outside that their parents did. A tenth of the time. And I'm sure you have a daughter, so you can probably attest to that. <laughs> um, and then the last one I'll finish up is um, execute change. So obviously, like I like alliteration because engaging community, enhance creativity, explore creation, and then execute change. And this is done through we have different sessions and then we always have breakout groups because we want to make sure that it stays intimate and that people are able to externally process within a smaller setting. So even our largest A gap, which was about a hundred people, we still, we had breakout sessions afterwards that way they mm -hmm. could externally process it. So it still feels like an intimate setting. And I mean, some of ours has been as small as I think we had a mom's A gap that was 15 people. So <laughs> it ranges, ranges all over the spectrum. Wow, that sounds like such an incredible experience. And, uh, you know, I could definitely relate to um, the feeling getting back into nature, disconnecting from technology, reengaging with community. Wow, all of that is so powerful. And I love, um, I love the structure around this that you've created to really address um, this, uh, this piece. And it, you had said, you know, well, you don't want to just talk about the bad things of technology use or technology misuse, we'll say. Mm -hmm. um, you really want to remind people, oh, well, when you, when you do that, then all of a sudden you start to have, you could have more time to do all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's a real draw. It's a draw with something that is amazing and beautiful. And I think that, um, you know, with any habit change, right, when you're taking away something, it's really important to have something to pull people along, something that's really pleasant. It's like a reward system, yeah. right? And that's kind of what this is. You're showing them that there is this great big reward for being more mindful about your technology use. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's amazing. It's so true. I mean, and what you said about if, if people don't have, you know, a positive way of, of dealing with it or, you know, whatever it may be to replace it, then like you said, they're just going to go right back to what they know. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, can you share? Well, first off, I really love the four E's. That's, that's great. Um, that's great information and uh, really it's, it's starting me to think a little bit more about 
my own digital mindfulness, but can you share sort of your um, top recommendations for, um, for people who are working on creating more mindfulness around their technology use? Yes, definitely. Um, I think there's, and some of these will be in, you know, the how to do a digital detox at home. Um, but, but I think some, a great place to start is that to limit your social media platforms if you can, because the more social media platforms that you have, the more it leads to anxiety and stress because you feel like you have to constantly keep up with all these different outlets. There was an author, Andy Crouch, and he, he had a middle school kid and he was in their middle school class and they said, okay, everybody raise your hand. If you have Snapchat, all the hands went up. And then he said, close your eyes and then raise your hand. If you feel like Snapchat is a part-time job and every single hand went up. These are middle schoolers who feel so pressured to keep up with their Snapchat streaks because then if they don't, they won't have, their friends will literally not be their friends anymore just because of Snapchat streaks. And I mean, we, we've seen it happen firsthand. Um, and I mean, even during our AGAP, it was October 2018, so it was a while ago, but somebody paid somebody while they were gone to maintain their Snapchat streak while they were gone. <laughs> this is like a grown adult. Oh my so, gosh, wow. No. Okay. Yeah, it was, I had to like not shame him. <laughs> like, it's okay. Yeah, no shame. No shame yeah. in this. No, no, no shame at all. And that just goes to show again, how our culture has set it up to be so addictive. Um, you know, where they feel like they have to do this or else they won't be just accepted. Um, so that's the first one is if you can limit it. And then also putting timers on your social media use is so important. And I know for me, I have my phone on do not disturb mode. At, from 9 p.m. at night to 8 a.m. in the morning and so that it doesn't go off unless there's an emergency and that's the beautiful thing is for do not disturb you can have an emergency list that phone calls will go through so you know it gets rid of your excuse well what if there's an emergency um, and then another great thing about it is it has those timers so that if I do open Instagram it says are you sure that you want to open this right now and then I can say yes for one more minute 15 minutes or yeah just keep it open um, because sometimes Obviously, I have to do things for work. So it's just definitely been interesting. And it's just good, I think, having those, Catherine Pice calls them your speed bumps. So we know a habit is made up of a cue, a routine, and a reward. So we know our cues aren't changing. Those triggers of loneliness, tired, sad, depressed, aren't going to change. But the thing is, we have to change our routine so that the reward is different. So it, the first part of all this is just identifying those cues. You know, when do I go to my phone? When do I spend this toxic time on social media or gaming or whatever it may be? Um, and then replacing that with a different routine that comes a different reward. So that's just sort of addressing the science behind it. Oh, um, but then also I think a great start would just be to delete your social media apps for a week completely because that's a huge part of AGAP. The reason that we focus on I mean, they literally turn in their phones when they come to AGAP and there's no phones, no screens, anything. Um, and it just helps people come back with an objective view of their relationship with their technology so that they can look back, take a step back and see how it could possibly be more negative than they thought. So unless you take that step away, you're too close to it that you can't see the way that it's affecting you. Um, so that's a huge one. Um, and then the, another one is to turn off notifications because 
we're three times more likely to use an app if there's notifications and especially during work hours is, you know, just making sure that your social media is off during work hours so you can be intentional, especially working from home. I know that can be such an easy distraction. <laughs> um, but then another huge one, and I'll just go maybe two more, um, but is to turn off screens after dark because it's so important because what happens is the blue light emitted from our devices, from screens, TVs, you know, Netflix, whatever you're watching, is it turns off the melatonin in our brain because it tricks our brains into thinking that it's daylight. So we're out ready to go. So it's just this vicious cycle of we can't fall asleep. We scroll Instagram and then we take a supplement to be able to fall asleep. And then we get like have to take that supplement or else we can't fall asleep. So it just, if we eliminated the reason that we can't fall asleep, I think it would help a lot of people in their sleep patterns. So yeah, that's really the last one is just don't fub, which I don't know. Have you heard what fubbing is? Fubbing? Fubbing. Mm -mm, no. So, it's called, it's phone snubbing where you pull out your phone in the middle of a conversation. And so it tells the person in front of you that whatever is on your phone is more important than them. So I'm sure you've had it happen to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but wow. Yeah. So many, so many excellent points that you've just made. And, you know, some of these I've also been, um, you know, talking about with people, especially the screen time, you know, after dark and, you know, within an hour or two before bed, it's such an important thing to remember. It's going to affect your sleep. Um, yeah, I love the turning off notifications. You know, it, it's funny. I'm, I'm still a little bit of a newbie with my cell phone. Sometimes I just don't take the time to learn, okay, how do I turn off that notification? I'm sure it's a lot easier than I think it is. Um, but just taking the time to do something like that. And, you know, um, yeah, things like limiting social media platforms, that's just really heartbreaking to think that a middle schooler might be feeling like Snapchat is a, you know, part-time job, like a, yeah. a job for them to yeah. keep up on just so that they'll have social connections. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, such great points. So, um, what you do is amazing. AGAP is really awesome. I'm so glad that there's an organization like this, um, you know, helping people to actually really do something about, um, you know, the overuse or, um, uh, you know, unintentional uses of uh, digital devices. And tell me a little bit, uh, share, share with everyone, how can they find, uh, you know, more information about AGAP? What's the best place for them to go? Yeah, thank you for asking. I think the easiest place would just, which I know it's ironic, Instagram, <laughs> but we always say we have to meet people where they're at. And so we are on Instagram. It's AGAP Life. A gap life and then our website is a gap dot life so instead of dot com just dot life and there we've actually sort of adapted things to where we are trying to you know still be there for our a gap family and friends and have different webinars and today we did an instagram live with a a gap uh, alumni just sharing her testimony and 
sort of her takeaways from it because it's always interesting to hear different people's takeaways. But yeah, so on there, we'll have different webinars. And then if you go to our website and sign up for our email list, we, we don't spam people. We get it. We don't like being spammed either. <laughs> um, but, but we'll send out updates if we have any webinars coming up. I'm thinking um, we, have, we have a few coming up. So we'd love to have you guys join us for those. Wonderful. This is great. And I'll put the links in uh, into the show notes for that so that people could click on the link really easily. And I'm happy to say also that um, Bethany and her team have put together such a great um, downloadable infographic, and I'm going to be sharing that out as well uh, with folks. So thank you so much for that beautiful resource. I can't wait to share that. And um, just thank you so much for your time and all of your good work. This is amazing. It's really important work. And I'm just really looking forward to um, continue following AGAP and retreats. And hopefully some point in the future, you might come out to the West Coast. Yes, so. we would love that. We actually were working with... Um, part of the digital wellness collective that we're a part of our the founder and CEO is based in the West coast. So we went out to California for an EMF radiation conference and we're talking about collaborating. So that would be great. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear more about that as that develops. So yay. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Bethany for your time. Um, and uh, I'll look forward to, uh, sharing this out with everyone. Thank you so much, Jessica, for having me. This concludes another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Did you know that the role of a health coach is to help you identify and prioritize your health goals, set achievable actions, and create accountability? To help encourage you to start taking responsibility of your health today, see the link in the show notes to book a call with me, and I look forward to supporting you. Have a fabulous day.